Hey, howdy, and welcome to the uh, Transient Wool Merchants, episode 26. Ch -ch -ch changes. I'm Scooter Pie the Shepherd Guy, and as always, we've got Amy. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um, I'm here too. Yeah. And Gus is on the floor. And ha yes. Having a hissy fit about something because he's still too little for us to leave alone while we go to the studio to record. Uh, he's 10 weeks old now, and um, he's pretty darn needy. Yeah, and he still likes to chew on our feet. So if you hear us yell, that's probably what that is. Anyway. Teeth to toes. Yeah, so let's get started, and the first segment is She's Crafty. Yeah. And that would be you. That would be me. Um, I am crafty. Uh, right now, I am, um, I decided this, this month, um, after a lot of peer pressure, to, um, start participating in the third annual DVD monthly sock club knit-along thing that Susan does over at Desert Vista Dye Works. Um, I cast on, um, my Mean Girls socks, I'm calling them, because the colorway is called on Wednesdays, which of course is a reference to on Wednesdays we wear pink. Yeah. Um, a famous line from Mean Girls, um, which is one of my favorite movies, and um, that's a on her sparkly sock base, and it's going to be super fabulous. Uh, it's a gradient pink with uh, purple and gray, uh, self striping. Isn't there sparkles in it too? I just said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, he was distracted by Gus going the for a foot. Um, so I'm working on that. I've also uh, been working on my Always Cal by Lauren Elkin, um, which is a kit from the Lola Club from last summer. I knit one immediately for my son's girlfriend, which you may remember out of some Marigold Gin uh, that I had laying around. And I finally got around to casting on the uh, the one from the kit. It's a, a little beaded um, cowlette, we'll call it. It's very, it's very narrow, and it's a little bit... It's like chest length. Mm -hmm. It's not quite a cowl, but not quite a necklace. It's just sort of a decorative piece. And it's really, really pretty. That one is in um, some Mrs. Crosby's train case in the Toucan colorway with these gorgeous, like, blue-green-purple iridescent beads that just, ugh, they're perfect with the yarn. Everything Laura does is perfect, so anyways, you know that. Yeah, we love Laura Nelkin. Yep, so I'm also working on the aquifer scarf kit in my spare time, and... Uh, still plugging away at La Dame Blanche, trying to get it finished for um, a shop sample this uh, this, this fall. fall. And remind me later to talk about the in uh, coming up down the road in the new shop samples we're going to have in the booth and our yeah. new designer that we're working with. Yeah. So I'm also still spinning Moonbear. Um, I've had to put the ring scarf. Creatrix and the corner to corner blanket in timeout because they've annoyed me. Um, Creatrix, I've gotten off off pattern somehow, and I have to rip back some. And right now, I'm too angry to look at it. And 
I'm not feeling the crochet vibe right now, so, so corner to corner had to go in timeout. And the ring scarf, I sort of set it aside because it's linen, and I'm not going to get to wear that until next summer. So I'm sort of feeling the fall vibe now, and mm -hmm. it had to go into timeout. And I have finished a ton of stuff. I don't feel like it's been that long since we recorded. We're trying no. to do every two weeks, but I think it's maybe been three. Um, but I, I really did a ton at the fair. Yes, you did. And I was trying to hit my 5,000 meter goal for Stash Dash. So I think that probably had a lot to do with me getting so many things finished. Um, so I finished my SSK socks that I was working on last time. Um, those are simple heel flap socks out of the Turtle Pearl Party Were Five colorway that was the SSK yarn at um, SSK last year. And I started and finished my Radiate sweater by Hohi Locatelli. And the radiant part at the top I did in a purple hand spun that I made last year during Spinzilla from a loop bullseye bump that I had gotten at Maryland Sheep and Wool. Mm -hmm. um, and some silver Lester Long Wool from our flock. Yes. And that's going to be one of our shop, shop samples. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of inspired by the sweater that Lala knit out of our Jacob and hand spun. That, that was on that the was road with us this On the spring. road with us as a shop sample. Thank you, Lala. Yes, I realized right before SSK <clears throat> that I was going to need to hand over her sweater at some point. Yeah, she probably cold, want that back. With cold weather coming. So I thought, you know what? I love this sweater. So maybe I should make one of my own. So I did. And uh, it turned out absolutely amazing. And I have several people now who are sort of fighting over... Um, me leaving it to them in my will. And I thought at SSK I was going to get mugged, but it mm -hmm. wasn't done yet, and they all wanted it done. So um, I finished that up at the fair, too, because I had a lot of time in the chair just staring at the sheep. Yep. Um, I spun a the SSK bat that you made for me. Yeah, in the uh, in the tasting room, yeah. I'm, I played with the uh, drum carter. And made a bat for you. And it was blue and purple and teal and green. Yeah. With a little bit of sparkle and a little bit of silk and a little bit of this, that, and the other thing. Well, yeah, not that it wasn't on purpose, some of those things. I was just stuff left on the drum <laughs> card from the person before. But, you know, that happens. See, now, I was all impressed with, with your ability to choose and blend, you know, such a lovely mixture. And here you give yourself away. It's just a happy accident. So I also spun up some um, sample skeins of our own stuff to have as uh, booth samples. I did our herd blend, the White Hog Island, the Dark Hog Island, and some Tunis. And then when we were at SSK, like we generally don't talk about um, the things that I buy when we're on the road. Um, I usually kind of she buys a lot. Hey now, um, no judgment. I uh, I just talk about them at, when I start using them. So when we were at SSK, the um, the vendor across from us was a fairly new vendor, somebody I, I hadn't seen before. And the whole day, there was this one braid of fiber that was sort of looking at me. 
um, it sort of reminded me of my grandmother's African violets mm-hmm. or orchids or irises. It was like pink, Gus, pink and lilac and purple, and it was just gorgeous. So I brought it home, and it's it was Falkland. And that's sort of one of my very favorite things right now. So I spun that during the fair, too. Because I could get my hands on it really quickly on the way out the door to the fair at, like, 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. And um, so it went along, and I spun it on the ladybug. Yeah, that's what we took. I took the ladybug, um, and it stayed with me all week. And I also, you know, I'm feeling the fall vibe. So I had to spin the Salem Nights colorway that I got last fall from Nidian Keller. Yeah. And it was sort of pumpkin orange and mossy green and gray and then um, a lot of black because it is merino with black silk. Mm. So it turned out absolutely gorgeous. It's very, very, very subtle. It just sort of looks dark from a distance, but once you get up on it, you can see all of those pops of the autumnal shades. It It's really, really gorgeous. I love it very much. And then um, I also finished the Carnival socks. Uh, Fiber, Fiber Nymphs Dye Works Sport Weight in her Carnival colorway. Um, I whipped those up really quick. Also, while we were at... Um, the fair, I, mm-hmm. I cast those on and did the most of them while we were there. I think I finished them up um, on the way home from Fiberspace. But, um, so I keep all of my uh, projects to be, I won't even call them whips because a lot of them aren't even started yet, but I uh, sort of kit them up into project bags with everything I need and I put them in this pie safe that came from my great-grandmother's house uh, with the pierced tin front. And it's a thing in in southwestern Pennsylvania. I'm not sure if you have pie safes all over the country or all over the world even. But um, it's a beautiful piece of furniture. It appears in a lot of my Instagram posts because, well, the dog is usually asleep in front of it. And it's directly in front of my chair. So the Carnival socks... um, and the other two projects that I've finished, and actually the Always Cal. So a lot of things are stored. were stored in that mm, unit. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point now where I just say, Hey, Scooter Pie, open the door and grab me a bag. And whatever he picks out, I... That's the next thing you knit. I knit that next. So I was able to finish the Oak Trail Cloche by Alana Dacos. And um, it's this really gorgeous mossy green... Um, yarn. It's a singles from Becoming Art, I think. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. And I also finished my Dr. You, my little stuffy. It's a Susan Claudino pattern. And I, Susan Claudino is like, she makes ridiculously adorable um, stuffy patterns. She's the yeah. one that designed the snowball, the Seuss-themed snowballs. Okay. That I made for Christmas tree ornaments. And um, so, anyways, Dr. Hugh is Dr. Who themed, which I'm not a Dr. Who fan. I've never even seen it. Sorry to admit that out loud. But um, it was a Tangerine Designs kit. 
and we just love Casey, so I had picked up that kit uh, when it was on sale, and it had some, the yarn was another crafty girl, and it was just adorable. So yeah. it's, it's a little stuffed sheep wearing a red bow tie and fez, which I like just because it's ridiculous, whether it's Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Who themed or not. Um, I sort of have a collection of stuffed sheep and sheep-related items here in the studio. I'm I'm looking at uh, Lucky, my stuffed sheep from uh, my friend Kelly at Hopping Acres, and um, a dark Lester Longwell-looking sheep that came from um, Rags, which is a shop not too far from here. And I just really, really... <laughs> I really like ridiculous stuffed sheep, so mm. periodically I just whip one out. So that's what I've gotten finished. And yeah. uh, So while we're in the crafty thing, he's also crafty, and I'm... Yes, and he I'm, is. Uh, the thing you might not know about my husband is when I met him, he was an art photographer, and he has the best eye for texture, and he has... He has actual talent for creating traditionally made um, photography. Like, he builds his own pinhole cameras and does true double exposures and does manipulated SX-70s. And, I mean, his stuff is just gorgeous. That's yeah. I was kind of the president of his fan club before I met him and fell in love with his furry little butt. But And, um, and believe it or not, being here on the farm all the time, I take lots of pictures of sheep. And so I'm... But for a long time, you didn't shoot at all because yeah. you were helping me get the, the yarn business started. Right. And so I'm going to open my own Etsy shop with lots of sheep photos. He and said it. Now he has to do it. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of editing and going through thousands and thousands of photos. But hopefully I'll get this up before the end of this month, maybe in... in the middle of October. So keep an eye out for that. And there'll be a link to his Etsy shop in the show notes as soon as that happens. Yeah. So, um, in the rearview mirror... In the rearview mirror. You took your little Shetland stinkers to the Washington County Fair. Yeah. Uh, we took... Yeah, we took sheep, we took donkeys, miniature donkeys, and uh, Ritzy, the little mini horse, mini mare... My spectacular little child. Yes, and... You know, that's that's my very favorite story. Um, so, Ritzy, we actually traded for her mother. I had um, a spotted jack that I had for sale, and a woman approached me and said, um, would you consider trading your spotted jack for... A spotted jack is a um, spotted miniature donkey, ma a neutered male daddy donkey. Was so, he neutered? No, unneutered. Okay, male. I thought you said neutered. No, unneutered anyway. male donkey. And she asked if I would consider trading for a little black mini mare who was bred and expecting a baby in a few months. And I thought about it and I thought, well, okay. I like miniature horses. I have miniature horses. What's another miniature horse? So... She came to live with us, and I found out from the woman that the reason that she wanted to get rid of her was because they had bred her to this fancy stallion 
um, multiple times, and all she had ever had was a brown colt, which is, you know, it's that's like the the white bread of of miniature horses. It's not flashy. It's not valuable. It's like a silver Grand Am. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's like a silver Honda Civic. Yeah, like Big Woo. Yeah. Um, another one of those. It's kind of like a Grey Dun Jenny. Yeah. Great on Jack. Yeah. Or great on Jack, yeah. So, um, I thought, oh, well, th- that'll be fine. You know, we, we love all of our miniature horses. We don't care what color they are or if they're boys or girls. No big deal. So, when Ritzy was born, she is quite possibly the flashiest little girl that could have possibly come out of my little black mare. And so, it's kind of a... A, a huge joke to us that, you know, they gave up on Roxy, Ritzy's mother. Yeah. And we didn't care what we'd get, so we got the most beautiful little horse in the history of little horses. And I take her to the fair every year, and she gets grand champion and beats all... Like, this year, what were there, like 30 in that category? Oh, Yeah. All, and all these people who are serious about showing their little horses, and we we don't really do much with with Ritzy. No, Ritzy is Ritzy is my pet. Yeah, I don't make her do anything she doesn't want to do. I don't take her to shows except the fair. But she's a taffy dapple, um, a taffy dapple little paint, or pinto as the case may be, and. Um, She's just absolutely gorgeous. She's super well put together. Yeah. And, like, we couldn't be happier with her. And, I mean, we wouldn't sell her for a million dollars. She's just... She's got so much attitude and so much... She's a little stinker. She, it, well, All of our animals are little stinkers. But um, she knows how pretty she is. And literally... She's really high-strung. And literally, when you walk her into the show arena... It's almost like her show horse gene activates and she just starts to prance and toss her mane and switch her tail and really just show them how gorgeous she is. And, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, so definitely the grand champion thing is all Ritzy's doing. All Ritzy, all day, all the time. So it always just tickles me when... You know, when I pull her out of the field and take her to the show and go home with Grand Champion, when, you know, she was supposed to be, when she and her mother were expendable. So. Yeah. Super proud of her. Yeah. And we also took the sheep and. Oh, and Coca-Cola was Grand Grand Champion. Grand Champion Jack for like the fifth year in a row. But the, he's awesome. He's my baby. But so we took our sheep, and our friend Heidi took some of her Lester Longwolves, and our friend Tracy had Cotswolds, Cotswolds, and Regina had Re- more Shetlands. Regina and uh, and Belle had some Shetland, more Shetlands there, and so there's all these wool sheep now in the other other breeds category. And you know, typically at the county fair, it's all about meat sheep. And even in the breeding use, breeding stock, it's all about meat sheep. Yep. It's all the meat so, sheep breeds that are breeding stock. So they they have this judge in from Ohio 
and he gets to our class, and he has no idea what to make of any of our sheep. Right, because um, the way that the sheep show works at the county fair is um, the the big categories are of the you know the big sheep breeds that are prevalent are broken out by categories. So like there's a Suffolk class and a Dorset class and a Hampshire class yeah. and a Romanoff class and a Dorper class and a Katahdin class and, like, and a Cheviot class and a Cheviot class and like all of your major uh, sheep breeds have their own class to show in. And then the minor breeds, we'll call them, they have one big class called All Other Breeds. And so All Other Breeds this year was Horn Dorsets, Shetlands, Lester Longwools, Cotswolds, Jacobs, uh, Hog, Island. Hog Island, your Shetlands. Yeah. And. They were like, what? 40 sheep in the in the ring. Yeah. It was sort of ridiculous. Oh, now, they're, they're also lambs, yeah, there were. They're also broken out by uh, ewe lamb under one, ewe lamb one to two, or you yearling one to two, and then, you know, ram, ram lamb, ram lamb um, under one, ram lamb... One know, to two. Ram lamb yearling. And so it was sort of ridiculous, and this, this guy was... The comments were all about, you know, their breeding capacity and the length of their loin and all of these sort of things that are very, you know, meat sheep kind of terms. There was no comment on their wool at all. No. Yeah, and he would get to ours and he would go, well, you know, this sheep's really green still and kind of young. And so, I'm, you know, it's really hard to judge. Yeah, because ours are, you know, heritage breeds that are not... 130 pounds at five months old. Yeah, and they weren't all slick-shorned and had at least two inches of, yeah. of fleece to them. Yeah, because there's a very different um, there's a de- very different set of show guidelines when you're showing wool sheep versus meat sheep. Yeah. If you're showing meat sheep, breeding stock, or market lambs, they're to be slick-shorn so that you can see, um, so that you can see their loin and, you know... Basically, so that you can see their meat through their skin. Yeah. And with ours, you know, the wool is really what the value is. So they're shown in full fleece. And everybody got up on the on the blocking stand and got a mani-pedi and a facial and, and you know, a Brazilian in most cases. Yeah, well, not my sheep. Not your sheep. No. I, you, you did I, have to scrub their nuggets, though. Yeah, I, I clipped off any... Offending little poop tags or whatever. Dingleberries. Dingleberries. But, like, my Shetland ram lamb, I didn't even give him a bath. I just, like, kind of, like, picked well, as much... He's black. He's black. Yeah. So I just picked out as much hay out of his out of his fleece as I could. And and we went for it. Yep. But... I thought we I thought we did okay. I thought we did all right. You know, we I got, this... I got a I got a fourth place in, in yearling <laughs> ram lamb... But that's because there was four sheep in the category. But our goal was much different. Yeah. That, I mean, we weren't there to take home the blue ribbon. No. We knew we weren't going to do that, you know, running, just leaving the farm. We knew we weren't going to win. Yeah. Our goal was to expose people to other breeds of yes. sheep that they wouldn't normally see at the county fair. Right. And we did hear, we were told by the sheep barn superintendent that that was the first Jacob sheep at the county fair in 30 years. Yeah. 
And so And I was sort of proud about that. That was better to that was that was more meaningful to me than a blue ribbon. Yeah. And you know, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit too to how the sheep showing thing works. And you know, in recent years, everyone gets all offended and pissed off by animals on feedlots and wanting to have grass raised this and grass raised that. But in these 4-H programs, they're teaching these kids that to raise animals like in a feedlot. They feed them up with grain, and that's that's what you do. Right, and I'm I'm seeing as I've traveled around uh, to the other fairs in the area, I am seeing that uh, the the market lambs at other fairs are not the same as they are at our county fair. Yeah. Um, a lot of the market animals, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole industry providing, um, market lambs to 4-H kids and they're ridiculously expensive. I mean, when I was a kid, you got, you know, you got a lamb from the local farm for 50 or 100 bucks and, you know, you raised it until time for the fair and then, Everybody went in and showed their sheep. Now, you people can... are spending five hundred, seven hundred, a thousand dollars for a market lamb prospect, and these aren't even purebred lambs, by the way. These are crossbred lambs that are specifically bred to be um, market ready in five months and big and bold and muscular at the county fair. Yeah. And that just blows my mind because, you know, for me, market lambs, and, you know, this is just our opinions and we probably shouldn't share them, but to me, market lambs and winning with your market lamb should not hinge on your ability to pay right. for, well, you know, big bucks for, for a lamb prospect. You know, and it's kind of basically going out and buying your kid the blue ribbon in some cases. It can be. Yeah. But I, I just can't see $1,100 for a crossbred lamb that you're going to send to market. It's just... And, and the, the amount of money that the energy companies around here are paying for things... Yeah. For market lambs is sort of ridiculous. I watched uh, one market lamb sell at uh, the, the fair in the neighboring county for almost $9,000. Yeah. It was $68 a pound, and it wasn't even one of the grand champion lambs. Right. Um, so a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the market lamb market has become about who you know and, and, well, who's drilling on your property. Yeah. But the county fair, we had a good time. I won a lot of ribbons with my knitting, which also it wasn't about winning the ribbons. Yeah. Um, Historically, they've had kind of questionable judges that I didn't really feel had a had a good handle on the difficulty of patterns. Because, like, my friends have entered an even star, which, if any of you have knit an even star, it's like a lace weight pie shawl, totally circular, beaded, stunning. And it got, like, fourth place behind, like, some sad red heart creations well, and just as an example, your Hitofude that you got a blue ribbon at Maryland Sheep and Wool for, 
got what fifth place last year in the in the sweater Something category. Something like that, and and the the ones that beat it were um, plain boxy acrylic cardigans. But they were colorful. But they were colorful, and mine was uh, white Lester Longwool. So you know, not the softest, not the most colorful, but definitely had a lot more um, a lot more difficulty level to it than than the things that were judged and beat it. And that's all well and good, but, you know, I just enter my knitting because I want to try to ensure that there continues to be a handicraft category at the county fair. Because if everybody gets angry and doesn't... Doesn't enter. Doesn't enter their things... Next year there might not be one. Next year there might not be one, or the year after that, or whatever. Yeah. And And it's really important to keep... Also, Handy same with this, the, the, the spinning cata- spinning contest. Yes. Two years ago, you and that other lady were the only ones showing Kathy up. Kathy and I were the only people spinning in the spinning contest. And this year there were eight or eight, ten. eight or nine, yeah. Yeah. And uh, every but every time I go any place, I tell people about the spinning contest at the county fair, and invite them to come and spin. Yes, that means I don't go home with as many blue ribbons as I did when it was me and Kathy. Yeah. But it's not about that. We had a huge turnout to spin, and we had a really good-sized crowd yeah. of spectators. Yeah. And the spectators all asked very good questions, and you know there was uh, sort of a narrator who talked about our wheels and what we were spinning, and you know how spinning has um, evolved historically and the sheep production in our area. And it was really, really, really good. So the county fair, I'd do it again. You doing it again? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Since there were three of us that had Shetland sheep this year, if there's more than two of us bringing Shetland sheep again next year, the year after that, there should be an actual Shetland category. Yes, because their rule is for getting out of the all other breeds category and getting your own category there has to be more than two exhibitors for more than two years. Yeah. So if we had, um, like Shetlands was the only thing we had uh, more than one of uh, right. exhibitor in the all other breeds category this year. So hopefully next year they get broken out, um, or the year after next they get broken out into their own category. So we have to, we have to now plan on showing Shetlands next year, and I'm sure Jill is gonna, Jill is gonna want to go. Yeah, we can show Jill as a, as a yearling next year. Jill and the Dag both will go as yearlings. Jill is his little white Shetland that that uh, is featured highly on the Instagram. Oh, and yes. Beth has fallen asleep. So and she was a high fashion model. <laughs> we have a gentleman that comes and takes um, fashion photos for a, a magazine that's produced in Pittsburgh, out here on the farm from time to time, and we had a field of blooming sunflowers and a cornfield, and, you know, a pumpkin patch. So they were frolicking and taking their fashion photos. Yeah. And we happened to say, hey. And I hey, said, hey, you want to you do one with a sheep? And they're like, yeah. So Jill came out, and I was, I thought that was hysterical. She worked it. Oh, she did. It was like she'd seen Zoolander and memorized the moves. Yeah. So um, the, the model doesn't look bad in the photos, but Jill looks spectacular. Yeah. So now Jill, um, Jill is seeking uh, representation. She's going to need an agent. Yeah. Um, if you know anybody that handles um, celebrity sheep, 
uh, please get in contact with us. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's what you do when you walk your sheep in the farm is you're wearing a fancy romper and heels. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it was, okay, it was sort of ridiculous, but yeah, um, I loved it. So we also um, just got back from Fiberspace, from our trunk show at Fiberspace, and our uh, little meet the farmers, meet and greet thing. Yeah, and that was fun. <laughs> we, we love going to Fiberspace. It's probably one of, one of the nicest shops that we've we've been in across the country and uh you know the fact that danielle is from our redneck of the woods is is also a bonus yeah we've, we've become fast friends with her and you'd never know she's country yeah and it's funny because you know when she lived here we she worked at a restaurant that we we go to and i know the owner of because we're both photographers and so we, we it's like six degrees of kevin bacon yeah we get to reminisce about stuff that we never knew before we knew each other. Right. Because when she lived here, we didn't know her. But now that she lives there, we know her pretty well. Yeah. Um, so we had a great time there. We got to meet a lot of really nice people. Got to see a lot of people that had come back the second year. Yeah. I did. Um, we rolled in four minutes before the um, before the meet and greet was supposed to, talk, to start. So I did the talk while you set up. And... Um, it went really, really well. I was super duper nervous, but um, just arriving with, you know, four minutes to spare because of all of our traffic dealios. Like, don't plan to get to D the D.C. area on a Friday afternoon. It's just, it's just not happening. Like, if you need to be there Friday evening, go Thursday, because that's the only way you're going to be there. Yeah, you I never take into consideration traffic and how bad it sucks, and it really sucks. Yeah, we ended up going, like, the last 15 miles on, like, surface streets because 495 was a parking lot. Yeah. So, um, we had a great time there. Really, really cool. She's getting ready to move to the new space, which is spectacular. Yes, we had some sneak, sneak peeks of it. And all I have to say is, when you go to the new space, look down. The white oak floors are magnificent. She has really put so much time and effort into all of the little details of preserving that historic Flatiron building that they're yeah. moving into. It's only really about a block away from the current location, but it's beautiful. Yeah. And they're going to have a little public park space out, out in front. front. It. I'm just so excited for her. It's it's so, so gorgeous. And big mahogany front doors. And the second floor is going to be um, like a rotating collection place for trunk shows as well as multiple classrooms. It It's just beautiful. Yeah. And then on the way home, we were able to stop and see Casey Frail, our friend Karen, at Yarnability, Yarnability. Her, her new short store in Charlestown. She bought Yarnability in Shepherdstown and moved it to Charlestown, West Virginia. And it is the cutest little shop. It is. And don't let the size fool you because she, her selection. Yeah, oh yeah, she's got a lot of stuff I mean, she's, in a little spot. She's the West Virginia, she's the West Virginia flagship store for Volmiza. Yeah. And she has a gorgeous selection of opal, and she has a lot of indie things, 
and bag makers, and she had the one guy that's making her um, handmade local walnut blending boards. I mean, the stuff that she has in her shop, it's a it's a small shop. I mean, it's not it's not epic in size at this point. Right. But everything is so well curated and so well chosen that I actually ended up buying more stuff at Yarnability than I did at Fiberspace. Well, we really didn't buy a whole lot of stuff at Fiberspace. I didn't so have I had time. A lot of time to we look. got the um the book um the new uh, Kate Davies book. The new Kate Davies book, which, oh my lord, I love that. I want to net it all. So, um, what's coming up down the road? Well, the next thing down the road is the uh, Shenandoah Valley Fiber Festival, which is one of our favorites, because it is the first fiber festival, real fiber festival, that we've ever, that we ever did. It is the show that birthed the Ross Farm. It is. So it will always have a special place in our heart. Absolutely. This will be our fifth year. At, um, at Shenandoah yeah. in Berryville, Virginia. And in celebration of our fifth year, clinker glasses here, uh, we will be having a double booth for the first time. Yeah. We will finally have space for all of the yarn and the wheels and the processing equipment and the unicorn products and the patterns and the books and everything Forever else and we can fit in the camper. Yes, everything we can fit in the camper is going. Yeah. Um, I may actually take some. I may actually take some vintage wheels to that one, and see if anybody likes those. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting on a couple of vintage wheels that I could I could part with. Um, so I might just take those along because we have the space this time. Yeah. And we'll also have our culinary adventures as well. Yes, we will. You can find us at El Centro. At, yeah, definitely at El Centro. And wherever else we decide to go. Yeah, we're always looking for new places. Last year we, we found a couple of new joints that we yeah we really liked. And uh, you never know what we're going to get into down there. It's yeah. one of our very favorite places to go. We stay at a campground called Candy Hill. And yeah. it's by far one of the nicest campgrounds we stay at. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so we're really excited about that. And they're very dog-friendly at the campground, so we... Yeah, they have a dog st- park. We have t- we take Stinkerbell along with us. And we'll likely have Gus Gus. We'll probably have Gus Gus. Um, who is asleep Who is asleep now, yes. So a uh, little-known fact about Basset Hounds, they sleep about 22 hours a day. The only thing that ever I've ever known of that slept more than my Basset Hound was my dad. So, yeah, Gus is our fifth Basset Hound, my fifth Basset Hound in almost 30 years. I have sort of a Basset Hound problem. Right. It's my spirit animal. So, and what else is coming up down the road? Um, looks like Spinzilla is getting ready to start. We've, yes. We were just at the uh, Steel City Fiber Collective the other day. Making having, the plans. Making the plans, having a meeting. Yep, we're going to um, partner again this year with Steel City Fiber Collective, the official, uh, the official, locational host of Team Ross Farm Fiber Friends, uh, we will be uh, for those of us who are local here or within driving distance. We're going to have a full complement of activities during the week. Yes. Some spin-ins. Um, we will have a spin-in at the local distillery that we work with here in uh, Washington County, Pennsylvania. It's called Red Pump Spirits. Yes. 
and we will have spin-ins at Steel City Fiber Collective. One of one of them will be a um, will even feature Scooter Pie's barbecue. Yeah, I'll be um, I'll be. He'll be chefing up some barbecue. For I'll be our, the caterer yeah, for that that night for that evening, and then on Saturday before Spinzilla ends, uh, we will be having an on-site spin-in at Hipstring Studio with our friend Jill and Nick Duarte, and that's going to be a potluck as well. Yeah, and I think and like, they if you don't if you're a spinner and don't know who Hipstrings are. You need to go find out right now because they I make need to, great I need, stuff. I need to link that in the show notes. Her blends are amazing. Yeah. Um, when I wrote my... Uh, so I, I wrote a, a guest blog for the Spinzilla blog. And mine was about trends in the um, trends in the spinning fiber market. And hip strings was one of the big trends. Um, her, her blended fibers... Uh, were one of the big trends that I identified in that, yeah. in that blog post. And so you can be looking for that to come out too. Their supported spindles and all the, the, the spinning tools that they make out of the... the uh, their Tockleys and everything. The etched acrylic. Yeah. Really good their stuff. stuff is, their stuff is great. It is, it is absolutely one of our favorite things, so much so that we actually sell their stuff in our, in our booth yeah, at shows that they're not at. Um. So, the Spinzilla... T- oh, and then on Sunday of Spinzilla, we're going to have um, a brunch at the Steel City Fiber Collective. So, that'll be really fun, too. Yes. Um, feel free to join our team. You don't have to be local to us. You can do it um, You can do it from any place in the country. Uh, we have friends in the past that have spun with us from Florida and um, Indiana, Illinois... All over the place. So, join the the Spinzilla team if you'd like. We'd love to have you. And uh, let's let's rack up some serious yardage there. We're we're like super low key chill. There's no minimum to spin. Mm-hmm. We just want you to have fun. We're just doing this um, to support the Spinzilla program, which um, raises money to uh, fund their youth fiber arts program through TNNA. Uh, which is an amazing project um, to get fiber tools and instruction into the hands of kids all over the country. Anybody can start uh, one of their projects. Just look that up online as well. Uh, so I'm really, really proud to be uh, hosting another Spinzilla team. Yeah. And I've got my support staff here. He won't spin with us, but... No, I'm a little rusty. He'll bring the oil cans and yeah, and maybe give me a foot rub and and I'll try not to yarn barf your stuff if I have to wind it into a ball. That was funny last year. Yeah, that was almost a murderous episode when we were trying to count out the final yardage for Spinzilla and you were and you, you winding off my. I think I you I was winding it into a center pull ball so you could ply it. Oh yeah, and we only had so much time left, and, and and you yarn barfed it all over the floor, and that was in front of the folks at Steel City Fiber Collective, and they still talk about the the murderous rage. Yeah, but I was severely sleep deprived, very very hungry, and in a lot of pain. So yep, but we finished strong, and we still managed to place in the top twenty last year. So not bad for folks who weren't really trying. Right. 
And so then, after that, and then Spinzilla ends, and a week later, we'll be in Rhinebeck, New York, at at New York Sheep and Wool Festival. Yes. Yay. And, and I've already got all of our dinner reservations made. Hee-hee. <laughs> I've not told you where we're going. That's all right. It's all good. I'm sure I'll find something to eat no matter where we go. And uh, mole, we're, mole, we're, mole, we're going... Mole, 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 mole. Oh, love mole, 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 And we're going to have a, a new booth, babe, this year to help us out. Yes, I'm super excited. Yep. Um, And I guess that's where we'll announce our new designer friend, partner. Yeah. So Sarah Jordan, who is PA Nitwit on Ravelry, and um, Nit- PA Nitwit Designs, Nitwit Designs on um, on Ravelry, uh, she is going with us to be our booth babe this year, and we are super excited to have her. Yep. She did a Pittsburgh-based knitwear collection um, earlier in the year, and two of the patterns were designed in our yarn, yes. so they will be available for purchase Probably yeah, as going, kits. We have kits. In our booth this fall. Um, they are the pierogi socks. Yes. Which are sort of adorable um, shorty socks. Yeah. Um, that really sort of look like pierogies. Yeah. And they're done in our white, um, they were done in our white Shetland. But they could also be done in the Lester Longwater, the Cotswold. Yeah. Um, they're sport weight, so they go super fast. And they're just adorable. We love them. Mm-hmm. And then she also did a yummy cabled um sport weight shetland scarf called the smithfield scarf which is named for smithfield street which is one of the big bridges um connecting pittsburgh to the outside world over one of the rivers yeah from pittsburgh to the to the south side to the south side across monongahela river and that bridge was also designed by the guy who designed the brooklyn bridge Oh, interesting tidbit. Yes. See, we're educational now, too. Yeah. Um, I'm not just good-looking. I know things. (laughs) You definitely do. So, Sarah will be joining us. Come stop by and say hello. Uh, We we will have some new designs in the booth at Rhinebeck this year. Um, We will will have her two patterns. We have uh, Casey Day-Crozier's cashmere um, hat pattern, which is actually which is awesome. actually designed in our Shetland as well. And uh, a couple of other things we have up the sleeve. Um, hopefully La Dame Blanche will be done and with us. If I can get, if I can get back on that. It's, um, it's mosaic. So I have to, I have to be able to focus, um, to finish it up. And focus time has not been plentiful in recent days. Um, then, of course, in November is our next Disney retreat at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. Uh, just today, I put yeah. the classes up for sale individually for locals or people who just wanted to come in for the day or people who just wanted to come down and go to the parks and stop and take one of the classes. Um, yes. They are up for sale, for booking, for registration individually as of today. So that is ready to go. Um, what's cooking, good looking? What's cooking is uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, it's summer and corn on the cob. Which from our from farm. our From our farm. Our son Drew grew it. and uh, It is by far the best corn I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it is pretty good. It's epic. It was, it was, it was good. And, you know, tomato salads and fresh cantaloupe. 
and last night I made, uh, well, actually the night before, did a, a, a pot roast in the slow cooker, but then we were late getting back from Steel City Fiber Collective and stopped for something on the way home. And so last night I just kind of broke that pot roast up into little shreds and put it in a pot with brown gravy and all the juices from it and let it slowly heat up. And over, then we had like open face roast beef sandwiches yeah. with mashed potatoes and fresh cauliflower fresh cauliflower with, with cheese. cheese sauce. It was uh it was really good. It was really good. I Girls, think, I'm telling you what, my man can cook. I do all right. You can cook. And tonight it's going to be stuffed shells. Tonight is stuffed shells. Yes. So, we're starting to head into the comfort foods of autumn. The Baby Pam Pumpkins, um, well, we'll talk about that when we get to the Barn Report, which is next. So, hey, Scooty, what's the Barn Report? Well, the Barn Report is, we I just let everyone back out into the fields that had gone to the fair. We, we tend to like to bring them home and keep them in quarantine for, for a little bit before we let them back out into general population just to make sure that everyone is healthy and didn't bring anything home with them because you know with a hundred different sheep from a hundred different farms you never know who's bringing what to the fair so it's quarantine's always really really yeah um really really good idea anytime new livestock comes to your property or anytime your livestock leaves your property and comes back uh, biosecurity is is sort of a, a big deal for us especially with the rare with breeds. the rare breeds and so, you know, keep them in a pen, keep your eye on them. If they look like they need anything, you can easily... Because shipping stress is also... Yeah. Is also a thing that will kill them very quickly. Um, stress stress can bring on a lot of... A lot of bad things that um, take out perfectly healthy little guys. Yep. So we always have to be on top of that. So we... Turned everybody out, and everyone's back out in their respective fields and doing good. Um, we're still picking some sweet corn, and now we're starting to pick the baby Pam pumpkins, which are pie pumpkins that Drew grew. Um, he went over to check and see if any of them were starting to grow and found 19 that were ripe. Mm. So, um, And we picked over 20 pounds of zucchini one day last week. And the butternut squash are growing and, and getting big and starting to turn colors. And we're hopeful that we're going to have... We have some uh, some white pumpkins, which are very creepy looking. Um, and actually, one of the white pumpkins seems to have cross-pollinated with the zucchini because it's, um, it's long and skinny, hmm. like a zucchini, but it is... Definitely a white pumpkin. Interesting. So it's it's very strange looking, but because um, the white pumpkins are usually like round and fat and squat. Right. So we have we have pink pumpkins and green warty pumpkins and white pumpkins planted, as well as the massive big um, jack o' lantern pumpkins and the little baby pams, the pie pumpkins. So those are all cooking out yeah. there in the field. And we've got. Just got the second cut hay into the barn. Yep, getting ready to start third. Yeah, and it's been a really cool, relatively wet August. 
Which is very strange. Which is very strange. You know, there, there have been Augusts where the fields have been so eaten, the pastures have been so eaten down and dry that I've had to hay, feed hay because, you know, but and this they, year they're, they're still lush and green. This year we're, we really need to mow pastures yeah. because the weeds are taking over because they're, they're growing so fast. Yeah. Um, we're also prepping for breeding season. We are prepping for breeding season. And it. It's, it's going to be an interesting breeding season. Look, hopefully, there are no empty holes in the, holes in the fences that the boys can get through. I've been kind of going up and taking rides through the through the uh, ram field just to make sure that everyone is still there and accounted for, and no one is has gone rogue. Well, we haven't seen anybody uh, pacing the fence line yet either. No. So with it being so cool. Um, I'm expecting that our girls are going to start cycling a little bit earlier than they usually do. Right. Because uh, what causes the heritage and rare breeds, the traditional sheep, to cycle is cooler evenings. Yeah. Um, that seems to be what turns the furnace on in the reproductive neighborhood. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we're also house training Gus and crate training Gus, which... Yeah. We're having marginal success with. Yeah. It's... He's pretty good at going outside, but he, he also... It, it, it's when we have to go away for a while and have to leave him in his crate. It, it normally involves a, a bath for him when we come back. Yep. So, tell us about the foodie finds that we've hit now on the road. Well, let's see. When we were in Alexandria... We went to uh, the sushi bar, which is an adult sushi bar. Where they were telling us that doesn't mean that it was X-rated. No, it, it just means they don't let it's anyone over in, eighteen under the age of eighteen. Yes. There are no children allowed in the sushi bar, and it was a recommendation from Danielle. Yeah, and uh, apparently, if you get the sushi dinner, it is served with um, aged fermented soy sauce, which is supposed to be. Um, Amazing. Mm. We didn't get that. We just got like we just got rolls because it was very late at night by the yeah. time we got there. It, we went there with and um, we weren't sure how hungry we were. And we with uh, Sarah and Leanne, two yes. of our two of our friends after um, after yeah. the the program. Yeah, that we, we've we've known on. Sarah for a couple years. Couple years. She's a friend of Fiber Towns. Yeah, and Leanne was this was the first time we met Leanne. And Leanne is responsible for yeah teaching Fiber Town how to knit. Yes. So. Uh, for that, we are very thankful because yeah. Fibertown is a good friend of ours and um, has become a designer now and yeah. works in our yarn and, and likes to spin our fiber and knit yeah. with our yarn. So, um, yay, Leanne. And uh, the couple of the sushi rolls I had were uh, somewhat Mexican-inspired. One was like the like taco roll or something, and they had jalapeno and a little Southwest twist to them. That was weird. Yeah, it was so good. So good. And you had your typical California roll. California roll and shrimp. Yeah. And it was it was Heavy. really good. It's always nice to go get just sushi because that's somewhat, you know, when it's late, it's a little bit lighter. You're not eating something super heavy. Right. It's not a belly bomb. Yeah. And uh, the next night we went after the, after the, the trunk show, we went to a place down the street from fiber space called Hen Quarter, which 
has was like a lot of chicken based yeah, I, dishes and their big thing the name hen quarter yes and uh their big thing was the chicken and waffles which is what i got savory waffles savory waffles like a corn cornmeal based waffle with uh but still very light and fluffy yeah and it had it had like actual corn and some like cilantro and i don't even know what else was and in it and it had, it had maple like, bourbon yeah, this syrup. maple bourbon syrup, and the fried chicken was good and crispy and wasn't like super seasoned like a like a KFC, where it's just you know, all kinds of stuff mixed Flavor in. Bomb. Yeah, yeah, really good. Oh, and they had the uh, and I had shrimp and grits. Oh, and I had the 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 deviled egg flight. The, you always have the deviled. Love egg Love deviled eggs. If there's a deviled egg flight, it's going down. Yeah, and uh, there was a nice picture of that on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I also got their biscuits. The biscuits were the biscuits outstanding. biscuits with honey butter, they, they, were, they were practically currency. Yeah. They were amazing. And then um, for brunch the next morning, we before went... Before we went home. Before we went home, we went with Danielle to a place called Stomping Grounds in Del Rey. Yeah. And... and oh, that was, that was really good, too. Those biscuits. I had biscuits and gravy, and this um, hash brown casserole that was served with... Um, Sour cream and dill. Yeah. It was, oh my God, it was so good. And the biscuits were very, very light and fluffy and flaky and just, they were delightful. And the, the even the gravy wasn't, you know, a heavy, mm-hmm. a heavy thing like it sometimes can be. Um, it was delish. And I had chilaquiles for breakfast because why not? Because you always have chilaquiles. If I can find chilaquiles on a menu, I'm having chilaquiles. So what are chilaquiles for our listeners well, who aren't Mexican Somewhat like nachos. It's like breakfast nachos. Breakfast nachos. Or dinner nachos. Chilaquiles yeah. can go for any meal. Yeah. But like they mix... It's a layered dish. Layered dish with the chips are like kind of rolled in sauce. It's a layered dish with tortillas, whether they're fried, fried yeah. crispy tortillas or just layered soft tortillas. Yes. But um, it's sort of like Mexican lasagna. Yeah. Um, but this happened kind of to be between Mexican more... lasagna and nachos, kind yeah. of. So, very, very, very good thing. Yes. Um, and we for our anniversary, we uh, we went someplace here close to home. Uh, we went to the Grand Concourse. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, which is housed in the old Pittsburgh and Lake Erie Railroad Terminal building on on the south side on the south side on the south side and uh we had an amazing dinner there in the uh the glass enclosed um what had been uh the the area where you waited for the trains yes um the platform the platform the platform is now glass enclosed so uh the trains it's like going, a porch kind of thing yeah the trains going up and down the river on the railroad tracks right outside that are still in operation. Yes. You can see, um, like, nightfall over the city. All of the lights come up. Um, you know, the the twinkle lights of the surrounding area. The Smithfield Street Bridge is right there. The Smithfield Street Bridge, which we've heard about already today. And um, then the trains are passing uh, the platform. And we happen to sit out on the, on the platform, on the glass-enclosed platform, and, and watch the river. And the river traffic, too. 
Uh, but you can also sit in the main, um, what had been the main waiting room. The main which, lobby kind the of The main thing. lobby, which is now the dining room, and has a beautiful stained glass ceiling. Yeah. And is uh, a Beau Arts building from the turn of the century. And it's just spectacular. It's one of right. our favorite places to go. And it's um, it's all steaks and seafood. It's um, it's one of the Landry properties, so it. I mean, the food is. The food is great. The food is great. I mean, there's nothing to say about that except it's it's just. Hi, two thumbs up. Highly recommend. So, yes. word on the street. What's coming up? What's going down? Well. I hear that you've been nominated for the TNNA Retail Council Spinning and Weaving Group Board. I have been nominated for the National Needle Arts Association's um, board, yes. Uh, the balloting ended September 1st, so today is Labor Day in the United States, so everything is closed, and I won't hear until sometime later in the week, likely, whether I was elected or not. But it was an honor to be nominated, whether I was elected or not. Um, you know, I, I always feel like if you're going to be part of a part of an industry, you should also be ready to step up and help. Yep. So when I was uh, when I was notified that I'd been nominated, I, I accepted the nomination right away, and um, moving forward. So that's very exciting. Yep. And you've also taken a new position with uh, uh, in the local, the local food shed pro- program. The local food shed project. So, um, I was not looking for a job, but I seem to have one. Um, there was a $1.75 million um, grant uh, given to local um, local entities, including the State Department of Agriculture and Green County Community and Economic Development and Fayette County Community Action Agency and it is for the creation of a local food shed project and they need a, they needed a senior coordinator of the sheep, lamb, and goat segment and approached me about taking the position. So I have done that. I am now working full-time. Um, all over the place, trying to meet with sheep, lamb, and goat producers to um, get that program up and running. Um, I'll keep you posted. So far, um, so far, it's taken a real a whole lot of time away from the farm, and I'm not I'm not a hundred percent happy um, in the position. Yeah, there are a lot of issues at the. It's it's the, the a startup. People running it are it's a startup, yeah. and and it it will likely get better, but I don't know if um, if it's really going to fit with my personal mission um, in the long term. So we're giving it a shot, and we'll see what happens. Um, and if you're thinking about coming to the retreat in November, yeah. we're at about eighty five percent full. And the individual classes opened up today. Uh, we have just a few rooms left in the room block. Um, less than 10, I think. So if you're still on the fence, now's the time to commit or get shut out. Yeah. Um, 
we wish that everybody could come, but, uh, you know, we understand that you can't. And that's okay. Um, anything else you can think of that we didn't... Well, I was just going to say that, you know, for anyone who's in, like, the Georgia, Upper Florida, even South Carolina area, if you could, if you think you could do to Orlando for, like, a day trip, for what we've got going on with the, uh, with the market, it may be worth your while to just plan a day trip. Absolutely. I hadn't thought of that, but that's very, very true. Um, our market this year is being handled by Four Pearls, um, local yarn shop out of Winter Haven, Florida, and she is bringing the entire yarn shop to the ballroom, and she's bringing in an amazing list of vendors. Yeah. Um, she's actually bringing in yarn for from La Bienname from Paris yes. for the market. I mean, and there will be opportunities at the market to shop for yarn that you can't get, literally cannot get, in the U.S. So, and we're um, hoping to get some from... Uh, we don't know if we're going to get that yet or not, but there's also a, a dyer in the U.K. that we're hoping to get to come as well. Um, yeah. But if you'd like to come down for a day, for a class, for two classes, if you want to just stay overnight, you can book one night in the room block and save yourself some money. We have two options for the room block now. We have um, the Disney's Coronado Springs, the host resort for the room uh, for the um, event. Uh, for the event, and we also have some overflow parking. We're calling it, um, but it is an additional option at Disney's All Star Music Resort. Okay. Or movies, I can't remember. One of the All Star Resorts. And those rooms are only $100 a night. Oh, that's that's really reasonable. Yeah. So if you came and brought a friend, I mean, that's very affordable if you just wanted to come for one night, do one event, one class, two classes, whatever, and head yeah. back home. Um, and once again, um, we're getting pretty close to full, so I'd rather you got in and weren't disappointed. Um, so that sounds like it's about it for us this week yep um we'll talk to you down the road keep those needles clicking yep